Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowen Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else. And it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash. And they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back, no questions asked. So head to bowlandbranch.com for 15% off your first order with code RESTFUL15. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path. Welcome to Danny and Stan's Football Weekend. It's presented by NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. As we ring in the new year, and why don't you ring in your new year by checking things out as far as your health care is concerned with Chad and his fine group at NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. Well, we're going to talk some Chiefs today, but probably not much in the form of yesterday's game, which I'm sure Chiefs fans get to sit back, relax, and uh, sort of enjoy football, I guess. Maybe you did some chores. I don't know. But uh, anyway, there were some talking points there, but more of the talking points came from around the National Football League and looking ahead to a couple weeks down the road when the Chiefs will play real meaningful football once again. And there was some controversies in the NFL yesterday and some things to discuss, to say the least. So still plenty to chew on with Stan Weber and then some college football as well. We got uh, the routes we expected, sort of, except... <laughs> There were two routes, but one of them wasn't what we were looking for or perhaps hoping for even. And there was a major firing in the Big 12 yesterday. So there's certainly a lot on the plate on this particular Monday, the first Danny and Stan's football weekend of the new year. And it comes your way next. It's time now to get some great assistance on health care with Chad Beisel from NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com and Chad, even your business's name would indicate that uh, you have a real aggressive way and an important way to go after some health insurance for your clients. What I found out in the industry is just a lot of people are really confused. They don't know what plans are good, what their plans offer, how they cover. And so I've just taken the approach of being really educated on what options are available to clients and showing them all the options that are available and making sure they understand them so they can pick and choose what options are good for them. And one thing that's really important, of course, is access to doctors and hospitals. Absolutely. That's becoming a big issue for a lot of people. Some of the plans out there are going to restrict those clients to where they can and cannot go. So if you live just outside the Kansas City metro, some of the counties outside, you may not be able to go to some of the hospitals up here in the Kansas City area. So making sure that you have a plan that's got uh, doctors and hospitals and places you want to go is really, really important today. Learn more by visiting NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com and let Chad help you. Firsthand, I have enjoyed the benefits of the CBD products from Canaway. My back feels better and better these days as a major part of my routine are the pain-relieving salve and the pure gold oil. And recently, I had the pleasure of a treatment session using the Canaway CBD in conjunction with the Microlite 830 cold laser. The non-invasive treatment session worked wonders, and I could barely tell I was even being touched. 
TML830 is the first 3B cold laser to get FDA approval, and in addition, the combination treatment with CBD is patent pending. The new Smart Laser is the only hands-free cold laser in the world and is used by athletic trainers, chiropractors, MDs, physical therapists, and veterinarians everywhere. You can learn more about all the great benefits from the complete line of Canaway CBD products by contacting my friend Sherry McCants at 515-208-6312. That's 515-208-6312 to get outstanding information about Canaway. Cinematic Visions has been an affordable solution for professional media production in Kansas City since 2003, offering award-winning video production and creation, as well as a wide array of digital and social media management services. From planning, scripting, filming, editing, and post-production to delivering your product to a watching world, Cinematic Visions will provide professional and affordable services for you and your business with the necessary return on investment to make it all worthwhile. Cinematic Vision's goal is to unlock the power of storytelling through video and a strong online presence for your company. Beyond the numbers, they want to inspire and evoke your clients to feel and act. Let my friends at Cinematic Visions embed your brand where it belongs, in your customers' minds. You can find them online at cinematicvisions.com or with a quick phone call at 816-600-6300. Most of us have experienced auto accidents, and it's no fun. And even less fun is trying to work on the insurance aspects afterwards and getting full value after an auto accident. I'm here with David Cowan from RecExpert.com. And David, you have an unusual and important niche for people after an auto accident. We have a passion to teach car wreck clients what they deserve. Getting your car repaired only fixes the damage and the paint. Getting paid for your car's loss in value is called diminished value. Chances are you've never heard of this before because most people aren't looking out for you. We help people collect thousands to tens of thousands of dollars for their car's loss in value after the wreck. And if somebody wants to come to you for that, what's the original assessment cost them? We offer a free review of any insurance claim to see how we can help. You can't beat that. Great expertise and assistance in getting full value after an auto accident. From David Cowan, visit RecExpert.com and learn more. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at Danny at DannyClinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back, and I was really looking forward, as always, to talking to Stan, but I, I really have to get your temperature, Stan, about when you're watching a Chiefs football game like yesterday, which had a very much preseason feel to it, even though it counted in the standings, and it probably will, you know, it broke some streaks that probably should have an asterisk on them and all that stuff, but how do you watch a football game like that? Well, I look and see which guys are starters, first of all, to see what kind of participation you get and especially the ones who aren't stars to see if they will step up, like McCole Hardman. You know, what kind of plays does he make when Tyreek Hill's not around and Travis Kelsey aren't there? So I'm most excited to see starters who don't have feature roles, the Scottie Pippen syndrome. You know, if you're Scottie Pippen, what would happen if you were put in the role of a Michael Jordan? That's a big step. you got to know those kind of things. So that's the number one thing that I look at. And secondarily, uh, I, I look at players who get an opportunity to play and say, should they be out there? Uh, are they going to be better pros in the future? Are they guys going to cycle out right away? And then it gets to a preseason point of view at some point if the game does is not competitive. And as the Chargers pulled away, it became non-competitive. But, uh, so my interest really waned the last half of the fourth quarter, Danny. But before that, 
Always want to see how the backup quarterback looks. Uh, that's a, a separate category I should have put in there. But uh, definitely interested in the development of other players to see what they can do and then to evaluate the Chiefs' defense overall and the offense without their stars. You know, I thought the Chiefs' defense, for instance, got run over, and I thought the Chargers played very, very high-level football. And I said, well, what would change? And I thought, well, if Chris Jones were blowing things up the middle, that would be a big thing. But the Honey Badger is the guy that I think. If you had him out there, he cleans up some things, and I've believed that all year long. So, you know, just trying to find little components of what what's the difference with the stars in there and out, those kind of things. But I made it about three and a half quarters, but there was enough other going on in the NFL, Danny, that was hard to watch the last seven minutes or so. <laughs> Because they're in the division, I guess this uh, question becomes a little bit more important. Uh, we saw during the course of the broadcast all of the rookie records that Justin Herbert was breaking. As you have assessed him and watched him during the season, of course they went through a stretch where they kept losing close games and he couldn't lead them to victories, but now they closed the season with four straight wins. He's continued to play at a very good level. How do you assess him after this season looking forward because he's going to be in the division for quite a long time? Well, I think he is the most improved player from what my expectations were at the beginning of the year to what he is at the end of the year of anybody in the National Football League, not just rookies. Uh, I saw him on hard knocks, and I thought he just had a, a lack of maturity, kind of a silliness, maybe the haircut as well. Uh, didn't look the part, but now he's got his hair cut. He looks like an NFL quarterback. That shouldn't matter, but uh, it, it, it just looks the part right now. But uh, his development and his ability to fling the football and throw with accuracy. Right now, everyone wants to jump on the Josh Allen train, right? The arm strength is off the charts, good. Uh, you know, they're not as accurate and as savvy as Patrick Mahomes. We're not trying to say that, but just flick the wrist and get the ball downfield. Double pump on a pass. Usually, it takes a little while to reload. He's able to pump fake and then say ah, and then oh no, I do want to throw it and flick the ball and have it go down with a great spiral, you know, plenty yards downfield. His accuracy seems to be pretty good. His knowledge of what's going on seems to be strong. But the way he can power the football, I think, is Josh Allen-like. I think those two guys are in a category where it's just flat-out arm strength in addition to the other good things that they could do. And I think he's a legitimate threat as a quarterback in your division that you're going to have to deal with him. And I would have never thought that at the start of the year I thought he was a backup a big time project to be worked out and hope that he could be something in the future but he didn't show it to me at Oregon uh, the way that he played there but he is a refined pro quarterback right now and absolutely the second best quarterback in the AFC West let's talk about the game the final game of the football season and I people have, have reactions all over the map on what Doug Peterson did and I guess I went to the area that's probably as extreme as anyone. I thought it was a travesty, even though they kind of indicated they were going to bring Nate Sudfeld into the game in the fourth quarter. But when you get to the point where you're at, maybe he expected that his team was going to get their, you know, get clobbered and it wasn't going to matter who played the fourth quarter but it did matter who played the fourth quarter now I'm not going to feel I, I feel no sympathy for the Giants they're six and ten so that's that's completely off the board but as far as the integrity of playing some football you get your starter in there it's close football game and he pulls them I, I just I think it's a borderline fireable but maybe I'm overreacting no I think you're right on the same track and I'm over there hugging your extreme part of the the range of possibilities uh, this comes down on so many fronts first of all as a fireball offense 
uh, when you're an Eagles organization guy only, and Carson Wentz, you've broken that relationship such that you don't even have him suited up. What's that? Is that an opt-out? Is that an NFL opt-out? I mean, that's borderline crazy. That's college football-like. Should Carson Wentz have gotten his pay? Is he causing that much problem in the locker room? Or why are they sitting him down and not giving him a chance to play some more football? You want to find out about your third string? That's what preseason's for next year. They still have way too many preseason games. You're hard to play your starters. We might only have two preseason games or three instead of four with the schedule changing to 17 games next year. Yay, Danny, we get 17. I'm so happy. Uh, but that's the end of my happiness talking about this subject because uh, you cannot you cannot have a football team get the message that you're going to jack around with something like the quarterback position in a competitive game against your rival, a division rival, to finish off the season, to put a smile on your face for all those veterans who are going to lead your team next year and just accept losing like it's a preseason game. That is a disease you cannot drop into your body. That's a, a chemical that just will eat your insides out, Danny. I mean, it is a fireable offense. He, he was on the bubble and probably on a, the positive side of staying on as the head coach of the Eagles, but I wouldn't be surprised if anything happened. You, you know, Tom Herman got fired at Texas. Uh, that was a surprise a little late. Everyone acts like Peterson's got his job, but, boy, I, I'm wondering what's going to happen when they have the meeting uh, with Jeffrey Lurie, and, and they talk about what went on. That gave his team zero chance to win. Even after one series, he could have went back to Jalen Hurts. After two series, he could have. After three series, he could have gone back and at least tried to win the game down by six, and he made a travesty of the whole thing. Now, from the National Football League's perspective, I don't know what ramifications they have, but I bet you the, the Philadelphia owner's phone was blowing up. Okay, these 32 guys are pretty tight, Danny. These owners, they are way tighter than the rivalries will think. You can you can make up your stories about, you know, Al Davis and Lamar Hunt did not get along. Their styles were completely different and all that. It may be true. They may have not gotten along. But not nowadays, not in a billion dollar business. Yeah, this is a, this these guys is a, are tight. Yeah, this is a billionaire boys club. There's no question about that. No and, and and these guys get along, and because there's a respect level, why wouldn't you get along? I mean, you're the owners. You're you're trying to do so many things together. You want to compete. You want to win. But you, but you are tight. I bet his phone blew up with the joke that was occurring. They put their game on Sunday Night Football, Danny. This is an NFL subject, right? From an ownership perspective, not not Doug Peterson, but from an ownership perspective, they picked this game right. to put on Sunday Night Football to be the last game of the National Football League season, and they made it a complete joke when, in fact, it should have been everyone sitting on the edge of their seat wondering, are the Giants going to get in? Is Jalen Hurts going to take him down the field? Uh, there was great drama in the fourth quarter that should have been there, and it was all taken away because of a quarterback who had no chance and was awful, turned over the ball the first two times he had the ball and couldn't complete a pass at the end. It was a complete joke, and I'm so disappointed you you don't care about the giants but it's just a travesty that teams don't try and it's a disease danny that's not been in the national football league teams try on the last weekend they don't give in on mm -hmm. week 15 and 16 of the season that's one of the great things about the nfl is players play for themselves or for a new contract or to finish the season strong whatever there's an integrity about how you play this game and the eagles broke every rule of that integrity integrity right in front of our face, not while seven games were going on in the three o'clock hour, you know, no, this was the game 
in the NFL, and you got Al Michaels just basically throwing his hands up. He's an NFL guy through and through. He's buddies with these owners. I don't know if you realize it, but you mm-hmm. hear his conversations. Al Michaels is in the club. You know, when he comes to the stadium for Sunday Night Football, he's in the owner's box talking to those guys. That's the respect level he has, and he's calling him out. And Chris Collinsworth is going to be a company man as much as he can, and they're just flat out throwing their hands up, being nice and still calling out the Eagles. Yeah, this is a major issue. It's a major issue, and I don't know what they're going to do, but you're going to end up with something like college football where every bowl game started out with what, Danny? Well, today there were all kinds of opt-outs we got to tell you about. I mean, that was the whole theme mm-hmm. of the bowl season, about all the opt-outs. And we saw the Eagles opt-out in the fourth quarter of an NFL game on Sunday night football. That is about as big of an embarrassment as I've seen in the NFL in a long time. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Potential opponents, of course, we've got some very, very interesting matchups as far as the uh, playoffs are concerned. But the four teams that the Chiefs could possibly play are the Colts, Browns, Ravens, and Bills. You want to handicap those four teams or list uh, in, I guess, the order of the team from the team that the Chiefs want to play the most to the least want to play the most? Uh, the thing that we'll know is, in order for Chiefs fans, if the Colts win, it's all over. The Chiefs play the Colts, right. okay, because they're the seventh seed. If the Colts win, then it's the Browns' turn against Pittsburgh. I want to play the Browns, number one, from a right. Chiefs' perspective. I do, too. Um, I think it's, it's a pretty easy choice from Baker Mayfield, feisty and emotional and all that, but just not refined and scary. You could argue that the matchup, you know, if you want to talk the other side, you want a team that can pound the rock with two running backs and win a ball game that way? Is that the team you want to play against? That's my only concern, Danny, is, yes, the Browns can really run the ball, probably more reliably than anybody in the NFL, maybe even more than the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry because they got two backs coming at you, and they can stay fresh and find which one's hot and do it with different angles and short passes and everything else. But still, Cleveland's not ready for prime time yet, Danny. They're, they're just happy to make the playoffs. They almost – blew it, uh, losing to the New York Jets. Uh, They're all over the board. I just don't think they're ready to play the Chiefs. So it's easy for me to say Cleveland number one. Then I'll go with the Colts number two because I think the other two opponents are absolutely legitimate AFC championship-level teams. I think if the Ravens come in and play the Chiefs in the playoffs and you'd said, hey, here's the matchup, I would have said, okay, this is a trivia question or this is a guessing question. Oh, yeah, it's the AFC championship game. They're going to play an AFC championship-level game in the first game if they have to play the Ravens or the Titans, I believe. I'd probably least like to play the Ravens right now. I think Harbaugh coaching, the pride that they have, knowing how to win. Uh, and and it, it, it just are randomly dangerous. If Lamar Jackson plays his best, that may be enough to get over the hump and beat the Chiefs, and there's not a lot of home field advantage right now. The Chiefs fans right. are doing a great job of creating atmosphere, but this isn't a scary place to come. So I, I do not want to see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in a rematch. Uh, I, that'd be the least likely. The Tennessee Titans, who have all the respect in the world, are barely, barely behind the Ravens of a concern of a big-time playoff game. If you're an NFL fan in general, you're talking about, you're kidding me? This game is the first game for the Chiefs, and we're watching this unfold. And I just think that uh, the Colts are all over the board. Uh, you can talk about the good things they can do, but I think the Chiefs have an advantage. So, to me, it's night and day difference. If you play the Colts or if you play the Browns especially, I think it's a classic example where you get a bye 
Okay, this is traditional. The first the first seed is no different than it was in past years, Danny. You get a bye, and you only have to win two games at home to go to the Super Bowl. The first game's usually against a team that's a little bit overmatched, and almost no matter what, you beat them. Uh, Texans, for instance, last year, not that good. Chiefs got way behind and still pounded them. So it's like, hey, move us to the championship game. If they play the Browns or Colts, I think that's what will happen. And then all I have to do is win one giant game to go to the Super Bowl. But if the Titans walk in here or the Ravens, you got two AFC championship-level games to win before you get to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mentioned Buffalo. They can't play Buffalo until the AFC championship game. So it's Colts, Browns, Ravens, Titans. Thank you for correcting that without correcting it. You just spoke and it was corrected. You ever do that? Uh, I do that during a broadcast with a color man every now and then. You just make a statement that clears up the fact that the person just made a mistake. <laughs> you did that so nicely. <laughs> you did that so nicely for, for me, indeed. Uh, any, you know, the, the only thoughts here are, are, you know, as far as the Chiefs are concerned, then we'll uh, just quickly get to the, the matchups to this coming weekend with two triple headers, which must be an absolute field day for you as far as the NFL is concerned because none of the games are simultaneous, so you can just watch football, 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 then Sunday, football, football, football. Uh, I don't have much concern about rust for the Kansas City Chiefs, and one of the reasons is that because Patrick Mahomes is probably you know a number one on that thing. I think Patrick Mahomes seems like someone who comes into playoff games a little bit overamped anyway. That's his history to me, and takes a little while to settle down, throws the ball high, and things like that. So he, I don't know whether Rust really matters to him because he he seems to ha- need a little shakedown period anyway, but uh, a little, a little. <laughs> well, if you go down your theme, uh, you know it's because he understands it's a bigger game. The modern athlete right now, you know, and my my kids are a part of that modern athlete. I've seen them. It's amazing how they don't get very nervous before games, and they're, they're just used to that AAU basketball. And it's not just basketball. It could be any sport, Danny, where you play three times a day or whatever it is. And they just are kind of ready. Whenever you say it's go time, they play. And you don't waste a lot of energy, you know, being nervous about something or saying, I can't eat. You know, I remember, Danny, on game day, we are like, I don't think I can eat right now. I'm so nervous. And you know, it was sixth grade uh, baseball. <laughs> it's like, what? So it's a whole different mindset. But I think Patrick Mahomes is a little old school, that he cares, that he knows it's something different and ramps it up. But if he does come out that way, throwing a little bit uh, excitedly and all of that, if that's true, I'm not saying I'm buying into that, but I'm going to go with you, Danny, on his thought. That's what Brett Favre did. That's what his here, you know, not a bad guy to follow. Uh, Brett Favre was just a, a little amped up to start the game in the playoffs and then the ball would just come down a couple feet, and suddenly he's, not, he's striking receivers right on their chest. So we'll see. But I don't think Russ is a big problem. First of all, Andy Reid's been the best coach in the history of the NFL. I think it's not overstated. With an off week in the regular season, he's been the best there has ever been about getting the team on board and online. So I think that because a lot of guys didn't play this Sunday, you might be asking about an extra week that's a little right. inordinate. But I don't think so. I think that the players were enough engaged. So to me, this is just an off week, and the Chiefs will be fine. I thought they got tired with the regular season. We chronicled that last time we spoke, Dandy, on the podcast. So I just think it's time to gear up, get ready, get a little bit healthier. And and they, I believe, are going to have a good opportunity to respect their opponent. That's the thing. You know, Do you respect mm-hmm. your opponent? Do you let your guard down, or are you ready to roll? And I think the Chiefs will respect their opponent. If Philip Rivers comes in and it's the Colts, for instance, I think that they'll know that what he can do. 
you know, how dangerous he can be. So I just think the Chiefs focus. Patrick Mahomes will have that focus and maybe even a little nervousness, which I think is awesome. And I think the team will be ready. Andy Reid knows how to get them ready. I'm not worried about rustiness at all. But they're going to have to play at a high level, Danny. This is going to be a legitimate Super Bowl team, uh, not only after posting a 14-2 and record. Obviously, they're legitimate. They're the defending champions, all those things. But I'm going to tell you, this run is likely to be as hard as it gets to go win a Super Bowl. These three games are absolutely going to be legitimate. And as far as this weekend is concerned, we have six games. Uh, do you see – uh, an opportunity for any of the lower-seeded teams, uh, Ravens-Titans, Steelers-Browns, Bills-Colts, Washington football team Buccaneers, Seahawks-Rams, and Saints-Bears, which seems the least likely of the whole bunch. But uh, any lower seed that you see with a real chance? Well, first of all, I'm going to go back to your statement. I've always said that the two best weekends in sports are the one coming up with the wild card week and then the week after that where they play the divisional round. And the reason why is standalone games with high-level competition. And there's not that much difference between teams in the playoffs usually. Uh, so you get two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday for two straight weekends. Those are the best. And then you add basketball on top of it and everything else. It's awesome. But just from a football perspective, we're coming upon what I think are the two best weekends in sports and we have just changed that to not making it two weekends. This is going to be the best weekend uh, because you're talking, just like you said, Danny, from noon until after 10 o'clock at night, the NFL playoff level football, and you do it two days in a row. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's such a great move by the NFL. And it's interesting to think about this because I think there's a, a pro and con. Having seven teams instead of six could dilute things, right, Danny? I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I think when you look at the Colts being the seventh team, in the playoffs, they would not have been in last year's playoff. The Colts are the team that's added, and the Miami Dolphins were legitimate as well. I think the AFC tells us that this has been no problem, no right. dilution at all. But on the NFC, I think you can make a case that do the Bears really deserve to be in as a seventh team? This is what you worry about when you're an NFL exec and you add a seventh team. What happens if you go, uh, they shouldn't be in the playoffs? And everyone will talk about Washington, but they won their division, and they played – down the stretch and had to win some games to get it done. The, I, I think you could, you could argue a little dilution with the Bears. Uh, probably not playoff-like to me. So I think this, this is something we need to monitor. In the AFC, they could have gone eight deep, and it would have been legitimate. I think they would have been better off with six instead of seven this year. But we'll see. The Bears did take the Saints to overtime, and the way they play defense does create some havoc once in a while. There won't be a home field advantage for the Saints, and I don't really trust the Saints. So there's a small chance the Bears could fight Danny, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I think that's the most boring mm -hmm. of the playoff games. The best playoff game is obviously the Titans and right. uh, the Ravens. I mean, that is, like I said, they could be playing the AFC Championship game, and I would not be embarrassed to be talking about that game and that kind of tech, uh, that kind of mindset at all. These two teams are really good, and for the Chiefs, if they end up playing one of those two teams. And this isn't the NCAA tournament like we've talked about. It's not the four and five seed play the number one automatically. Right. It's the worst one left. But if they do uh, stay in form and that's the team that comes in, I'll be glad that they beat up on each other. Right. And that's the one advantage for the Chiefs, that they're going to be physically exerting themselves in a, in a physical battle. So that's the best game. Uh, I think that after that, Cleveland and Pittsburgh is going to be intriguing. I wish they wouldn't have played in their last regular season game. That just takes a lot of luster off for me, Danny. I don't know how you feel about it. I want to just erase my mind and say playoffs. 
forget the regular season playoffs, maybe by Wednesday or Thursday, maybe. But right now, I, I don't like having just seen the two teams play and then turn around and play again. But I don't think, uh, you know, Pittsburgh at their best could win a Super Bowl this year. I, I, I really believe that when they are locked in and Roethlisberger throwing the ball down the field, and they get Connor running the ball at all and defense plays at their best, they could be a, a Super Bowl champion. But they also could dump this first game. So that's going to be very intriguing to watch. I think that should be a close game. I think Tampa Bay is, uh, by definition, when the signing occurred this year, Danny, it was say it was advance yourself to January and go. I cannot wait to see Tampa play in the playoffs. Um, I thought that they would get to the playoffs. They were a team that just missed the playoffs, but had a high flying offense last year with Jameis Winston. And I thought when Tom Brady got there, that would professionalize things and they would get in the playoffs. And then they've added Antonio Brown onto into the lineup, and he's playing well. And then Gronk. So you know Tampa. Who knows how they'll play. Uh, the Redskins are a good matchup with them only because the defensive line could cause Brady some right. havoc. And he, he hits the eject button fast, right? I mean, he falls down and says, this play's over so quick or burns the ball into the dirt. So you could make a case that Washington could match up with them and slow Tampa Bay down. They didn't get rid of Atlanta easily yesterday. Uh, but it's going to be intriguing to watch them. And then obviously you got the Alex Smith story, and all he does is win. Now, maybe not playoff games. But five and one as a starter this year, Danny. Alex Smith five and one. The Redskins without him, disaster. Just a bad team. But with him in the lineup, they win. I, I think Tampa will win that game. It's intriguing to me more because of Tom Brady and watching those guys develop in the playoff. The Rams, uh, they they if Goff can get back, watch out. They can compete with Seattle. That's a division of foe. Right. They're not going to be intimidated at all. Their defense is good, so that's a very intriguing game. And then I do think don't just mark Buffalo down for a win, Danny. This remember the Chiefs being a top seed time after time right. and coming in. Are are the Bills ready? Are they really ready for prime time? That was the dud of all duds last year. The way Josh Allen and that team dumped that playoff game at Houston was embarrassing. I still wonder how ready are they going to be? And Coach Reich is not going to be nervous for the Colts. And uh, old Philip Rivers is not going to be nervous. He's going to go out and try to win the thing. And when he's been the underdog with kind of nothing to lose, do you know what he's done in his career as a Chargers? He went over and beat the, the Patriots. I mean, he's gone on the road and beaten teams when they've been the underdog. So I think that game has a lot more intrigue. Don't just mark Buffalo down with the victory. Stan Weber talking pro football. Should be a fun weekend. It's too bad that, uh, you know, the, they, they should flip the the. AFC should be on Sunday and the NFC should be on Saturday, but that, that, that's a discussion for another day. They should day. just do it that way, David. They should have just done it. They should have said, you're right, junior varsity and varsity. Let's right. go. That's exactly, that's, that's right. Let's talk some college football. Coming up next with Stan on Danny and Stan's Football Weekend. It's presented by NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com. More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this. I'm here with Joe Spiker, owner of Easton Roofing, and boy, we had to negotiate a million things in 2020, but Easton Roofing navigated them all. As 2021 rolls out, what should we expect this coming storm season? Well, Danny, it'll be the same thing as it is every year. <laughs> you know, the storms come, and you've got the guys out knocking on doors, offering quote-unquote free inspections. Be wary as a homeowner. If somebody's knocking on your door, they probably need the work, and if they need the work that bad, they may be willing to do something untoward to get it. So if somebody knocks on your door, 
says they want to give you a free inspection, just tell them have a great day and give us a call. We'll come out for free and give you a good, honest opinion as to whether or not you need to do anything at all with your roof. And what's the best way to get in touch with Easton Roofing? You can always find us online at eastonroofing.com or give us a call at 913-257-5426. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. It's time to visit once again with Dr. Brad Woodle of Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture. And Dr. Brad, your group has reached a significant milestone in receiving a prestigious award. Danny, we've been honored for the 10th year in a row to receive the five-star service award from Integrity Doctors. And what this means is that all of our offices throughout Kansas City have made sure to give people excellent chiropractic and acupuncture care, be on time, and do a very complete and thorough job, and have great responses back from patients. I know firsthand because I, well, I was just treated, for instance, today by you. You have a wide range of fantastic services. Absolutely. Chiropractic, acupuncture, physiotherapies, rehab, anything that you need to keep you well in bones, muscles, joints, and nerves. And I can't say how much it's benefited me in the time I've coming here. Upwards of two years, my back has improved 100%. And you can have that same kind of treatment too. For more information and your chance for a healthier way of life, visit asfca.com slash Danny today. Hi, everybody. This is Matt Llewellyn from 23rd Street Brewery in Lawrence. I just want to thank everybody for supporting local restaurants during this time of uncertainty. 23rd Street Brewery is now open until this pandemic is over. And right now, more than anything, local restaurants need your help and support. Come on out and see us. 23rd Street Brewery is open now from 1130 till 9 o'clock for dine-in and carry-out. Whatever we can do to help you out, maybe with your catering needs, too. I appreciate all the support, and thank you for continuing to shop local. I'm here with Tim Emerson, the owner of Emerson & Company. And Tim, give us an idea of the range of services that you provide from Emerson & Company. At Emerson & Company, we do credit card processing, payroll services. We do bookkeeping, merchant accounts like point-of-sale systems. What would you say differentiates you from other companies in the field and what makes you special? I think what makes us unique is, is that we're a small local business making regional decisions on companies. We create a profile for the business and then put it out to our different vendors in a very competitive environment and tailor those needs to the specific business, which usually ends up in a great fit or great result for the company. And of course, the idea is to save money, right? <laughs> save money. And uh, actually, sometimes I'm surprised where actually a, a solution that may cost a little bit more ultimately does save money, but we're not conditioned to think like that sometimes. <laughs> Emerson and Company. Check them out at emerson-co.com or call them at 816-360-9092. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at dannyclinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. We're back with Stan. Time to talk college football, and let's talk uh, Big 12. First, Stan and Tom Herman, who seemingly was safe, gets the gate at the University of Texas. 7-3 and three, his record this year, and a, a high winning percentage overall as well. Not up to Texas standards, though. And so after Mac Brown, uh, they said, well, that's not good enough, Mac. Uh, now the coaching carousel continues at Texas. And, you know, this would appear to be just a fantastic job. You're going to get all the money in the world. The facilities are fantastic. You get to recruit Texas. But my word, I mean, I, I imagine a coach would look at that and say, I'm going to go 7-3 and three and get fired? Uh, it's a mess down there, Danny. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. And some of the things that make it great make it a challenge. You love Austin because, man, the music scene is unbelievable. Keep Austin weird is a statement down there. 
it's uh, it's a, not a place that's like the rest of Texas, uh, much more liberal and and different. They, you got the state capitol there. You got all those power players. You got a big city. Period. Just any big city in the country, you know, like Louisville or wherever, you're going to have some power brokers who sit in some big buildings, who because the campus can be seen out of their office, thinks that they are you know a quasi general manager, and with a few million dollars, ought to be able to make decisions. But you know. The, the rancher down at the bottom of the state of Texas is also given millions of dollars, and he thinks he knows about football as well. So uh, when you're sitting as the AD and you got all these power brokers, the, 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 there are money people that came together, which does not mean the majority of the money people. They have little subsets of money that are so powerful. It sounds powerful, but they went in and said, we want to buy Tom Herman out, and we want to go get Urban Meyer, kind of a rogue group. That occurred in the last month or so. So... When I heard that he got let go, I go, man, they must have gotten Urban Meyer. They didn't. They got Steve Sarkeesian. And so now I just think from a competitive standpoint, if you're Oklahoma or K-State or Iowa State and you're looking and saying, what do you think of the Texas program? I don't think they hired the next Mac Brown. Maybe you hit the reset button and it'll turn out better this time. But I don't think of Steve Sarkeesian as a dominant coach in there, Danny. And it's just a hard place. One of the things that Mac Brown has done to that Texas program and the Lost Dodds, who's a guy I know, he was the athletic director at K-State when I was back there. Uh, my wife grew up around his family. It's kind of weird. I really know the Lost Dodds fairly well. And he did an amazing job as the athletic director of Texas of keeping all those factions away and said, I'm going to make decisions. I'll listen to you. Call me if you want because you're giving me millions of dollars. But I'm going to run this program the way I want to. And he had guys like Rick Barnes as the coach and Mac Brown. And what Rick Barnes and Mac Brown were perfect at, Danny, is they got along with the alumni. When Mac Brown got in front of a group of alumni, which he ran into all the time, he was a master at being respectful to those people, not letting it affect him. When he said goodbye to him, he went back to the football office and did whatever he wanted to. He had confidence in himself. But he played the game. And Tom Herman didn't play the game. Tom Herman's a football coach, Danny. And I know some guys who have been around him. He's a football coach. But you got to be a politician and a football coach at Texas. And so his time ran out. And I don't know how Steve Sharkisian is going to handle that as well. It's a rough duty. It is a rough, rough place right now to win. And I guess you've got to go down. If you haven't been to the University of Texas or around Austin, maybe it doesn't make sense what I'm saying. Hopefully I'm describing it well, Danny. But it there are so many things going on that are so cool and so big, but it's hard to get everybody on the same page when it comes to Texas football. And, uh, you know, like you said, they, they're not sure what they want, uh, and different groups want different things, and it's a hard place to win. And that's allowed Oklahoma to be the class of the conference. And I don't expect Texas to be dominant, Danny. I think they're going to have their ups and downs still. Very interesting, Steve. Car- speaking of ups and downs, Steve Sarkeesian certainly has had it. He seems uh, to be on an uptick now in his life as a recovering addict, and he's five years removed from basically drinking his way out of the University of Southern California and uh, rehabilitated himself literally and figuratively at a couple of jobs and, of course, uh, the Alabama offensive coordinator where he will remain through the national championship game. Well, we get a national championship game with two pedigree programs, but we didn't get Clemson, Alabama again. I guess people are sick of that. Uh, they get uh, they uh, have a little hope as far as this one, but it's not as if they got some outlier in there. Ohio State went out and just trucked Clemson. How did that happen? Well, it is nothing like they played the rest of the year. Uh, I mean, right. Everything went their way. They had a chip on their shoulder. They basically believed that 
Clemson steals signals, and they jacked with that system. I don't know if that's true or not, but Clemson was trying to get the signals in late, and Ohio State was messing with it and and with a different style, you know, um, coming playing fast, playing slower, whatever. It just seemed like Clemson could not get lined up, uh, had problems with one of their star defensive safeties out of the game getting lined up, and then Ohio State turned it on. Trey Sermon has turned into a superstar. I don't know if I saw that when he was an Oklahoma player. Here's a kid who transferred, somehow got, was allowed to be eligible immediately for Ohio State, um, and was a quiet year at Ohio State on the field because they didn't play many games. But what he did in the championship game in the Big Ten, rushing for Ohio State record number of yards and then dominating Clemson, and you got an NFL player right there. Uh, he's a big-time running back. Justin Fields played great. And Ohio State's receivers, they just snagged the ball out of the air like it was no big deal. Defense is fine. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the big question. Trevor Lawrence is the giant question. Danny, are you ready to sign off that he is uh, Andrew Luck? You know, uh, not only the best quarterback in this draft, but the best quarterback in about 10 years. Are you ready to sign off on that with what you saw? Boy, that's that's the thing I saw. I mean, I didn't. he just did not look dominant out there. He didn't look calm through – the hassle you, you we now know a 2020 hind vision about patrick mahomes right but go back to the oklahoma game when the sooners were oklahoma and texas tech's just a kind of a 500 team and they got in a shootout and baker mayfield's uh, going crazy and lighting them up and showing you what oklahoma football is all about what did patrick mahomes do he just calmly went right back at him and won in a game that had the most yards ever in college football i mean did you see any of that from trevor lawrence that's wow that is a tough choice if you really believe in Trevor Lawrence that much. I thought that was a big question. If you want to just talk about championship-level football, I think Ohio State versus Alabama any time over the last 50 years would catch our attention, and it probably is the right game. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. I just hate to see Ohio State rewarded for what basically, not what they did, but what the Big Ten did uh, this whole year from trying to cancel football at the start of the year, etc. You know the whole story. I was not happy to see Ohio State take care of business. But if they play like that, uh, they'll have a chance against Alabama because uh, they really, really played at a high level and made Clemson look pretty ordinary. Uh, what what did you think of Alabama's performance? I mean, there was never any doubt. Basically, they were going to win the game. They jumped out quick, but uh, they didn't completely finish the job per se. And, you know, was, they, they were never in any danger whatsoever, but it looked like it was going to be a complete whitewash. I guess credit to Notre Dame for not allowing that to happen. Any demerit points at all on the fact that uh, they just didn't run away and hide? Well, Alabama has a championship-level mindset and they've got a receiver that's dominant and may win the Heisman Trophy this week so I don't want to put throw too much water on raging fire that is Alabama football but I think before the championship games played I think some analysis is worthy of being noted I don't think the SEC were themselves this year at all Danny Uh, Florida's performance against Oklahoma was met with oh opt out opt out opt out and Dan Mullen continued to embarrass himself but you know what they got beat by LSU two weeks, two games before that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't, and Georgia against Cincinnati, Cincinnati was a better team. Georgia found a way to win. And I just wonder the best teams in the sec other than Alabama really aren't that great. In my opinion, compared to normal. Okay. The Auburn's, the LSU's, uh, were not up there like normal Danny. And if you're going to say Florida or Georgia are your next best team, I got plenty of questions. And then you go back to the championship game of the sec. And what I'm trying to get to is Florida is stuck with Alabama yep. in a high scoring game. So 
we want to anoint Alabama, and they deserve so much credit for being undefeated, playing the whole season, winning the SEC championship game, and beating Notre Dame. But I could propose to you, have they really beat a team that's at the elite, elite level, like the best of Clemson, or maybe let's say the best of Ohio State? I don't think they have. I think Florida's hung with them. Um, so it's a little bit like the Chiefs season right at the end. Are you a little worried, Danny, that the Chiefs had some close games, or you just laugh and say they're the Chiefs and right. they'll be dancing in a Super Bowl? I guarantee you if we were Alabama fans and not Chiefs fans, it'd be easy. We'd just go, ha-ha, forget it. We're, we are champions, and we're going to roll through the playoffs like it's no big deal. So there's a case to be made that Alabama's just so good, they'll take care of Ohio State, and no one will ever question. But go back and watch the tape, Danny. Florida, I'm not that impressed with Florida this year, and yet – they played right with Alabama. You saw Notre Dame make a case for themselves when I thought they were completely overmatched to give you some hope if you're the next team. So can you make them play 60 minutes? You know, Can someone make them play all the way through that has a talent level near theirs? Ohio State's probably that team. So I do expect it to be interesting. Uh, and I do, I do think we have at least some question marks. Before I annoyed Alabama as being, what, 10, 20 points better than everybody else in the country – you know, I'm not ready to do that because I don't really count Florida's the Florida game, the Auburn game, or even the Notre Dame game to be in that category. So, hey, they're awesome. I guess I'd have to Alabama to win right now if you made me say it. Um, but I think it could be competitive, and there still are some questions that they still need to answer. We'll see if we, you change your mind by next Monday because we'll be able to talk about it uh, then uh, before the national. Well, we got to talk about the Big 12 real quick. Uh, the Big 12 always gets, you know, stomped on and talked about about how they're not that good and they went undefeated danny six and oh in bowl games and they were they're, each of the games were no fluke each of the games they were the better team texas way better than colorado oklahoma way better than florida iowa state way better than oregon so you do deserve some credit mm-hmm. in a year where it was kind of muddled and the teams were beating each other i think the big 12 ought to be pretty happy with their performance in the bowl game and and don't be put them in the category down with the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is the worst conference. And I'm not going to say the Big 12 is the best conference, but that was a heck of a performance this year to say why not us or us in the SEC uh, because impressive 6-0 and run. Stan Weber always putting a bow on it in just the right way. Stan, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, thanks, Danny. Have a great week. Danny and Stan's football weekend starts the new year just right. We hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Klingscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new. This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like NoNonsenseHealthCareNinja.com, specializing in expert healthcare guidance and assistance for you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.